I said a hip hop, a hip a hip a hip hip hop, and then you don't stop rocking to the bang bang boogie. Sit up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogity boot. Skiddy doo bop, scoob bop, scooby doo, and guess what, America, we love you. Have you ever been over a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? I mean, the macaroni soggy, the peas are moist, and the chicken tastes like wood. And now, on with the show. Hey, Biff. What did Han Solo say to Luke Skywalker on Thanksgiving? Isn't it early for Thanksgiving jokes? I think it we is. We haven't even hit Halloween. You know what? I, 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 I'm I jumping ahead. But anyways, we're, 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 we've already dug in. So what did Han Solo... Yeah, well, yeah, what, did he, yeah what did he... What the hell did he say? Uh, may the forks be with you. She's not even yeah, a good well, joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll make it up for this one. Hey, uh, uh, Biff, why did Batman cross the street? To get to the other side. It doesn't matter. He'll be back the same bat time, same bat channel tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Anyways, those were horrible. I'm horrible. My name is That was is Jacques. pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Oh I know. God. But anyways, welcome to Carnival Personnel Podcast. I'm Jacques. Yeah. Uh, this is Biff. And I'm sorry. I'm just always sorry. <laughs> Perpetually sorry. So it's uh, Joe. It's uh it's uh it's a big day here at CPP. This is the first podcast recording oh, and the new CM. Let me fix your microphone here. You're all discombobulated. Hold on a second. So the rest of the time I'm discombobulated. Yeah, you're all limp there. There now to give it a give it a whirl. So uh we are recording this podcast from uh Joe's new I, I, I improved different. Yeah, yeah the new yeah. Lucium. The new Lucium. Uh, I couldn't be happier to be here. I, I mean, truly, I cannot. I will take pictures. I will post it. It's a smaller room, but a 360 panoramic view of nothing but games, games, game <laughs> systems. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I literally, as I scan the room over here, I'm looking at maybe five five, six different versions of different Nintendo games over there. I don't know how many Coleco games, an Atari game. Not uh, And guess what? Not one Coleco game. Like he, really? He named the one system I don't <laughs> Damn have. it. Uh, Christmas is coming up, baby. Uh, baby. Oh, you know what? I actually, I do have that Coleco computer in storage. Remember the Coleco right, computer yes, that I, I do. I have that in storage. It's, you have the box. The box yes. was in... Didn't you... Steal it from some guy almost? Well, no. They my, It was stored in my landlord's un, uh, apartment. And then when they sold the house, they were clearing out. Like, he basically used it as a storage unit. But they just threw, literally threw, like, this Coleco Atom computer from 1985 with the box, like, and, like, the styrofoam and everything like, I remember, in the trash. I and remember it, we looked up the box. Was worth a couple hundred bucks. The yeah, box, because right. the box was in great condition. Yeah, yeah, and it, it had just rained a little bit the night before, which like killed me inside. But I was able to dry it out, and it looks fine. And it, you know what? It, it's actually doing very well in my mother's garage right now, and it's probably getting more humidity and dampness now than it ever has in that <laughs> unit from you know the past thirty-five years. So uh, no, it is it, so much fun to be here. Um, it, it's it's it's. I've all, I've always loved coming over and doing the podcast at Joe's just because it's just surrounded by happiness. It's just absolute like like joy emanates from every every area of this uh, this room. Anyways, last week's go. podcast guest uh, on the sideshow 
um, Darla Black was absolutely fantastic. I've got so much great feedback. They are just a fantastic person to spend a couple hours chatting with and seeing in any of my friends in LA, I hope, or my uh, Boston friends in comedy are now following them on the socials. But, uh, but that was a really fun talk. Was it not Joe? Yes, it was. Um, the reason I was silent the first half hour was I was getting emergency calls from my work, you know, so I was like, or emails or texts or something. So I was just like, not, I was completely zoned out. So I apologize if I seemed very distant, uh, Dahlia. Um, I was otherwise um, distracted. <laughs> um, and, and again, we played a couple of her clips. It's the first they comic that we've had on. I love the bit about being on, you know, because she's well endowed. So she's like, it's hard to be, you know. You she know, presents as fe- very female. Very females. That's the best way to say it. <laughs> you know, and she has this long metal hair, um, which is great. I think she 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 came up with a. She has this whole thing where it's like, but Dolly, you have long hair. It's like, yes, but that's because I listen to, I want to say it right. Um, oh, God. Hold on. I forget the line. It's like, like death metal mermaid grindcore. Oh, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> death metal mermaid Something she made up completely, core. but it sounds legit. It sounds like there's a subsect of it. And then the other bit that we played that I love is when, uh, you know, I... If I was on the Titanic and the captain says, women and children to the lifeboat, I'd be, you know, it's more complicated than that. Is there a uh, gender studies professor we can talk to? Uh. Uh, but anyways, it was great. Uh, not sure who next week's guest is because I've been um, – life has been challenging in all the, all the best ways the last couple weeks that we'll get into. But uh, just another shout-out to last week's Sideshow guest. Uh, and another Sideshow. We got a, we got a couple um, – a couple things to get off the table right away. Uh, Biff, a, a friend yes. of John's, definitely a friend of John's, but uh, our, our good friend, our great friend, our our our, our North Star, uh, Mr. Taylor, has had quite the week for himself in his law firm this week. If you want to yes. speak a little, if you want, you know what? Why, 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 why don't you pop the take the top button of your shirt off so you don't pop it open you know, with the pride <laughs> of welling up and, and talk to everybody about our, our brother John. Well, uh, you know what? I have, you know, once again, right? I mean, and I guess I don't think this is his first um, uh, honor, but, you know, once again, you know, uh, I guess another uh, top hundred uh, is, I guess, and I don't know too much about this Daily Journal as a magazine, but he's in the top hundred lawyers list. So uh, he's been, I think you mentioned that he's been a California trial lawyer of the year in the past and stuff like that. So, you know, we all know he's a great um lawyer and uh and you know maybe that's an oxymoron for some of you but uh yeah he you know once again just uh, such a privilege to know such a you know a competent capable guy and uh, you know and and as we mentioned a few times like he, he, despite the fact that he seems to do some ambulance chasing ish kind of stuff i mean we have we also know that he also is very um passionate about uh actual important issues i think i you know he's been active in trying to essentially kill that you know exemption that um you know that police have where if they're if they have the sirens sirens on you know and they kill somebody you know you know they get away with it you know you know impunity right so that kind of stuff so obviously uh you know we're, we're obviously super proud of him we you know we're you know freaking lucky to call him a friend and um yeah, and you know, continued uh, success for the uh, 
It's for the big man. And I want to say that, you know, the, I'm bet, I bet, I don't know John very well, but I'm sure that the ambulances he chases are the best ambulances around. <laughs> I think they're the highest quality. Everybody's saying, well... <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to peel the onion back uh, just uh, just in a little layer here. And we would love to have John on a couple things about it. Yes, he was trial lawyer of the year. He was also one of five partners of probably the most prestigious law firm in Los Angeles. They have the top floor, the top two floors of the tallest building in Santa Monica and his office was a corner office. One window looked at the pier. The other one looked out at Catalina Four of the five of the partners were trial lawyer of the year. Oh, Catalina, the island. Catalina, the island. The yeah, island. The island. Uh, not, 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 the, not the exotic dancer. You know, it could be both. You know, I, you know, I, but Wasn't he, the island named after the exotic dancer? Thank you. Okay. And so he, um, and the only lawyer who, who's one of his best friends uh, was second in runner-up the year before the OJ trial to our, uh, our good friend, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Um, Johnny Cochran. Dead serious. And he had the most comfortable career you could possibly imagine. But he's, he's, uh, he had a big birthday coming up, and he had a, a, a look in the mirror, and he's like – and this is what he – I remember it was like it was yesterday. We're driving to FNH, and he goes, I got 10 more good years of lawyering in me, and I want to right some wrongs. He loved the people he worked with. He loved his partners. But they were so big that if they took your case, most people settled. So he didn't get to go to court. He didn't get to try cases. It was mediation. So he didn't like that. Also, they would they would either take a case based on the amount you could win or the publicity. And if it wasn't above the fold, front page LA Times, they weren't going to take it. So he wanted to right some wrongs, help some people that wouldn't be able to get his level of, of lawyership. He ended up partnering with a guy who was a little younger than him, but John saw something special in, in Dave and um, Dave Ring, and they started very small. And what's amazing is not only was Dave on that list, but they had seven lawyers under them. So in about a 20-year window, he has pretty much mimicked the success of the place he left. Uh, he left for all the right reasons. It was on great terms. They're still great friends. I mean, he's referred cases back and forth. That's a big thing about what they do. But he's also been, if you look at his roster of of the people he's mentored and the people he's found and the people he's given chances to to kind of, you know, really come to work for somebody like him, very diverse. And I hate to point it out, but at the same time, I've been to a lot of places where, you know, maybe it should be applauded when somebody makes the effort to not just hire the right people. Uh, but anyways, I saw that today. I saw it going around. I literally couldn't be more proud. And I'm going to point out that I don't think I've ever seen another lawyer naked more than I've seen John. I mean, that sounds like a lawsuit in and of itself. <laughs> Consensual. Was it? How many times do you think you've seen him naked, Biff? Oh, why is Biff muted? Uh, 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 Biff is now speechless. Uh, can you hear me now? We yes. Can hear now, you yeah, now. now, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, mean, I don't think. I don't think we need to talk about. You know, basically, what happens in the FNH locker room stays in the <laughs> FNH locker room. Now, so. I will ask you this honestly, and I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Do you know a bigger goofball? Like, literally, do you know I mean, yeah. a big? Yes or no? <laughs> and I mean, I mean, and I mean bigger. Well, wink. Yeah, yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. Literally, it is. It is. It is kind of that. He he has that that kind of 
social behavior that belies the stuff that he, you know, he is in real life, right? Oh, but seriously, completely proud of him. Love him so much. Yep. And I just want to point that out. I'm going to point out something else. I had a I had an exchange with our good friend Scotty Black, who I I kind of chastise him today because he ends up sending me pictures of like Japanese boy band singers, and then I realized, oh wait. That's his kid. He dropped. <laughs> yeah. He dropped off the. Yeah. Uh, you know, our friends got. It, it's. It's. Yeah. We're happy for him and sad because he did a great job as a dad, and he did. Uh, I mean, his son is moving from Los Angeles to Quebec yep. to play prep school hockey. It's everything that we wanted to move out of the house at fourteen, go play that level of hockey, and so he's completely Absolutely. proud of his son, but he's just devastated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I will feel the same way about my children when they move out at age 30. <laughs> and, and honestly, we've known, like, you know, I think I think I, I met you just, just after you had your first, your kid. Um, you knew me 10 years before I had mine. But uh, same thing. Scotty and I yeah. got, we both got late starts. I've, I've known his kid his whole life. I've, I've been around him dozens of times. Absolutely a sweet, polite young man, and I guess yep. one hell of a hockey player. Where I mean, I don't know if you guys know this podcast listeners, but um, Canada, there, there tends to be some pretty good players there. So if you're going from shocking, Southern California, yeah, uh, if you're going from Southern California to <laughs> Quebec, you know, you, you're, you're kind of and he is. He's a, he's a good looking yep. kid. He's like I, I saw him like a year ago, but this picture looks like he grew like two feet in the last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I haven't seen him in a. Well, yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. So yeah, you know, I, I, he was. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit him up for the photo. He was yeah. in town last year for a tournament, and and right, 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 right. the boys and I went, and yeah. it was great because our boys us and here his you know Scotty who I love his wife who's just adorable and you know and management were sitting there, and we're trying to have a conversation and we keep looking over and the boys haven't seen each other in a couple of years but you think they were long lost war buddies. Mm. Just being being loud yeah. and obnoxious and just all the right. best ways that you know four boys between twelve and fourteen, right, right, right. You yeah. know, you know, would be. And it was funny because like my boys are a lot like me, loud and what you see is what you get. And his boys are more reserved and but you know, it's my boys. I kind of pulled the loud, obnoxious thing out of it. But I'm I am. I'm so I'm so happy for our brother Scotty, yep. but I'm also, you know, would just love to give him a huge hug because I know how hard yeah. this is. Yeah. Well, you know. Yep. Great. You know, they, you know, they, yeah, all, they you all, know. it's like the end of Toy Story Three. You know, when the, when Andy grows up and um has to give his toys away. <laughs> Did he have to but, but look I, around this know. room? Did he have to, Joe? <laughs> right. Way, yeah, but, you know, I am psyched to try to go go see him and, you know, play some elite hockey at some point, right? Just kind of come up and, you know, right? It'll probably be, you know, a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, I think he thought I was kidding at first, but I'm like, dude, I looked at the map. We go to Montreal all the time. I'm going to talk about going to yeah. Montreal a couple of weeks ago with the little guy. It didn't work out very well, um, but that's my, what I understand. My little guy yeah. has a soccer game. So. You know, on my home front, uh, he, I don't. I haven't posted this. I haven't told the FNH guys this. Um, my oldest guy, you, you better sit down, Biff, because this is gonna this is gonna <laughs> shock you. Are you ready, Biff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My oldest guy, you know the theater one, the really yeah, sweet yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Guess who's playing high school football? <laughs> That's cool. Guess who's playing high but, school yeah. football for a school he doesn't go to? 
Oh, okay. Oh, because because uh, his school doesn't have a, a team. Is it one of those deals? Or uh, well, so the funny. So he did this lifeguarding thing this summer, and I'm not kidding. The people who are on the podcast with me know through my old fandom, my obsession, my sickness. I don't think my boys ever watched a full game with me collectively. <laughs> Maybe a couple plays here or right, there, right. but that's it. Right. He has a lifeguard job this summer, and a couple he he's crazy strong. And there was one day he literally had to pick a grown man up out of the pool, and two right. other lifeguards who were football players at Lowell High were like, "Dude, do you play football? Because you're really strong and you're built like a lineman. Why don't you play football?" He came home and he said, "Hey, what do you think about me playing football?" And after I got back up, I'm like, "Well, he has this thing called EDS where he can't run, and he can't run far. He can run like a 20 yard dash, but if he runs more than like 20 yards, he looks like a marionette." puppet like just disconjointed like aliens kind of kind of built a human and they kind of got it right but not everything kind of works the way it should uh but i told him it's like dude you'd be a good line a good end a good blocking tight end uh you know something like that so he um so he was excited about going a little high and maybe playing football but then got into this charter school this tiny charter school he's been on the wait list for two years there's only 100 kids per grade so there's you know only 400 kids. It's a swim team, a great theater department. He's excited about doing the theater department. And, um, and, and so that's just the way it is. But then there was an SOS that went out from the neighboring town. The, the town, the school he goes to pulls from three different towns, Tingsboro, Lowell, and his town, Drakeit, uh, home of one Scott Grimes. Mm. And, um, and Drakeit High had to forfeit their first game because they didn't have enough players. But where this charter school pulls from that town, they worked out some deal where they're like, can anybody come play? Please, somebody come play. We need warm bodies. And so that was on Saturday. We saw – we got the message. We got the email from the athletic director. He showed up Monday. And he showed up Monday not for the freshman team, not for the JV team because they don't have enough players for that. It's varsity. He goes from never watching a football game to playing varsity football uh, and liking it. You know, he really, he really, if, of all the things that you've, you've known my son Biff his entire life, he slept at your house more than a few dozen times. Did you think this theater kid would be, <laughs> would be a football I, player? Well, I mean, I, I so I, that's a two-parter, right? Because for one, um, you know, I mean, obviously he never showed the interest. So that's part one. But then part two is just like, you know, I'm also kind of like, um, Kind of partially surprised that um, you know uh, you're letting him do it, considering you know we've had our you know conversations regarding you know concussions in that sport and stuff like that, right? So, you know, so I don't know, but I mean, yeah, no, I mean, but whatever, I mean, you know, team sports, just I don't, I you know, I think you've had him in different team sports, but this is the first one probably that he's wanted to do. Is that this is that the first fair, real or? team sport? He's he's done jujitsu yeah. his whole life. And he's done like that's not a team sport, <laughs> he, right? And he's done camps and but he's never not like his brother. Yeah. His brother has done hockey, baseball, yeah. and now is the yeah. is the European football obsessed one. Yeah. But um, no, he he's not done any of those. And you're right. When we first had him, you know, and I was talking to management about, hey, this right. is how we should raise a kid. I said I would love him to play football. He cannot play football to high school. There's no need to play yeah. tackle football. Yeah. So I go to the practice. And I take a video and I send it to her. And then, you know, it's an offensive line play. They're running a couple drills. And she goes, I don't know what I'm looking at. And I said, dumb, dumb. It's a guard pull sweep to the left. Hello. (laughs) And she just writes back question mark. I'm like, 
okay, the player whose hair is coming out of the helmet like a Viking, that's your son. And she's like, oh, my God, I didn't <laughs> notice that. Because, yeah, he was yeah. playing guard, and they, and they were doing this one thing. But it's like, I, you know, I, of course, go NFL films on her because you know, <laughs> I'm a douche. Yes. And, uh, but, yeah, I, I, none of us had that on our bingo card. We're like, hey, we want you to try all these yeah. things. Go out there. But, you know, with the other one, yeah, the the the, the – the football. I don't know how do you pronounce football in either Portuguese or uh, football. Oh, football. Football. Because he hates the word soccer. You yeah. know. So, but when I was telling Scotty, it's like, hey, we can be the emergency contact. We're the emergency contact for like three of our friends. Uh, you know, one of my son's friends might be uh, moving in with us, who's a sweetheart, uh, going through some stuff. But I told him, it's like, I will send you our passports. I will send you the license. We the Corey report, whatever. If something happens, I'm three and a half hours away. And I and I thought he thought, was, oh, you're just being nice. It's like, no, dude. And then I sent him the map today. Uh, when I leave Joe's house, I have to get up at 7.30 tomorrow to drive to the Canadian border because Squishy has a game in, like, North Conway, New Hampshire that is seriously closer. It is closer to the Canadian border than huh. the New Hampshire border is to Mass- to where we live in Massachusetts. Wow. Um, While you're there, you should go to, like, um, that uh, – that, uh, whatchamacallit, oh, the, the, the arcade. They have like a bunch of arcades they do have one spot. Right, okay. <laughs> You're going to jump in the car with me? Nah, no, thank okay. okay. but, but yeah, so we're, um, so so that's it. Uh, it, you know, as far as that goes. Um, I wanted to, the comedy update. So I went, since the last time we talked, former guest on the podcast, Mike Katrobis, ran a hosting class. Ah, yes. Um, it was great. I think the last time we recorded, I was just going to go to it like two days later. It was absolutely fantastic. It was uh, it was a three-hour class where I said this to Katrobus there. I posted it. I feel like I stole money because <laughs> in three hours, he took 10,000 hours of experience and a million dollars of knowledge and tried to stuff it in this $5 head. Well, $5 depending on the rate of exchange. <laughs> um and then afterwards had a showcase. He brought in a bunch of bookers. The place was absolutely packed. You said bookers? You said hookers? Bookers what? with a B. <laughs> you know, you know, oh, yeah. you know, people who book shows. And, and oh, okay. And truly, like I said, you know, when I went to LA, I I geared everything going to LA. LA went very well. Since I've been back because you know, one kid's in football, one kid's on two football teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no life. I run around. I've only gone to three mics, but I'm starting to get booked stuff. And it's because, honestly, it's because Jim McHugh, who was on the podcast, um, Joe and I saw Jim McHugh. He owns a couple of comedy clubs, and he gave me a hosting gig coming up October 13th. Katrobus gave me uh, a gig coming up October 5th. Um, you know, and it's, it's so it, there's actually been movement, which is uh, which is really nice. It's it's I'm a little burnt out of the ambush mics, as our friend Greg Bogus says. Uh, the restaurants that have an open mic on a Tuesday where no one knows this is about to happen. You know what's funny? I feel like I've heard these stories recently, Shut but it, I'll, I'll kill you. it wasn't it wasn't here. Where did I hear all of these stories before? Oh, that's right. By the way. Jacques was on another podcast this week. Jacques, <laughs> weren't you on another podcast this week for, I think, a record-breaking for their standards, one hour and 57 minutes. They usually, like... Oh, my God. So, Jacques, for those of you, the uninitiated, which is basically everybody, 
there's a uh, podcast run by two uh, open mic comics that uh, Jacques has become friendly with in the Lowell comedy scene. Their names are uh, Wayne. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wayne. Uh, God damn, what's his name? Wayne. Wayne Russell, Wayne Russell and uh, Anthony. You. Eugenio, yes, thank you. And they run the Open Mic Pain with Anthony and Wayne podcast. They've been running it, I guess, since June of this year, and they each week kind of catalog their escapades through the open mic scene in you know Lowell, Mass, that in Manchester area, and then also like you know in the Boston area and Southern Mass, whatever, wherever they can get an open mic spot, they're um, you know they're they're in there. They're in our. They're like in their mid forties. I think they both have kids. No, they're, they're younger. They're 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 thirties. They're they're mid. Really? Yeah. I thought somebody said forty five. No. No. no oh, I, really? I, I okay. Think, and yeah, and uh, absolute sweethearts. And it's funny because Joe met Wayne uh, at a at a show. Uh, we went to see Tony V, absolute Boston legend. Uh, at Bogus's show, tell him what happened when you met Wayne. We, uh, you kind of little deer in the headlight moment for you. He he says, "Oh yeah, you're a Weird Al fan," and I go, "Yeah, yeah. oh, is it?" Yeah. I, and coincidentally, I was holding three Weird Al uh, singles that I just bought at the uh, record store down the hallway. So I thought he was looking at that and saying, "Oh, you're a Weird Al fan," but no, he didn't see that. I forget that what I say here on a podcast can be listened to by other people. <laughs> <laughs> and so he recognized me as Joe from the Carnival Personnel podcast. And yes, he has listened wow. to enough of the podcast to know that I am a Weird Al aficionado. And he was telling me his Weird Al stories. And he actually met Al backstage or uh, at a meet and greet a couple of times. The, the same album I gave you. You guys talked about the uh, oh, 3D the, album. The, the In 3D album, yeah. And that, that was cool. Um, so, in any, yeah, so he. I was surprised. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know who I am because of what I say on recordings. <laughs> and, and, and it's funny well, because... Not just, not just listening, but actually paying attention enough. Right. Yes, you know. retention. Right. That's, that's, that's more than half the battle right, right so there. I've said it before. So, you know, our podcast, a great show of hands, completely useless. Absolutely. When, when it's us three. When it's a side show and we have guests, it's fun. But the, but the three of us, oh, useless? This is, yes. I don't know what this yeah. is. And so, but they started this podcast, I think back in March, when they started to do, they've known each other forever. They've been talking about doing it. And so it's amazing, Biff. Each, they pick a different mic each week and go to it. And, and they talk about what they're going to do there, the set they're going to try, the vibe of the room, and, and, they're getting to the point where they're past being just open mic guys. And, you know, uh, Wayne went to the hosting thing with me. He absolutely killed his set. He absolutely killed his set. And, and Anthony is, is completely, I mean, honestly, absolute sweet guys, both hysterical, but I love their podcast. And it's been great that they've documented from their first time on, on stage through their process. And a couple months ago, they did this fun thing where Anthony had an idea for a joke. Wayne went to punch it up. It was funny, but it's not Anthony's style of humor. So they decide, why don't we both work on this joke and do it at the same show together and kind of develop it and to kind of watch them do it. And to, you know, it was such an organic thing that happened in their podcast. Absolute great guy. So they asked me to come on. Um, right. And by the way, this, these podcasts that we listen to, you know, normally for uh, the, the open mic pain, 
It's about half an hour, which is a very... Uh, I don't know if we... Lo- did we lose Biff? We lost Biff. Oh, okay. Sorry, we'll get Biff back soon. Uh, it's, they're normally like a half an hour long. And um, Jacques clocked in, like I said, at about almost two hours. Wait, was it me, though? Because... Yes! Okay, now, Anthony wanted to bail. But there was a couple times where Wayne's like, one more. And then the second time Wayne's like, one more thing. Anthony's like, you set that a half hour ago. I, like, Wayne and I could have gone on another four hours. That's true. Yes, you're right. You know, Wayne is the enabler in that crowd. <laughs> but he was so excited to have you. I think they were both excited to have you on because they called you the... The father of Lowell comedy, which is kind of a misnomer. Like I don't, th- I think they mean the 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 dad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like the father would be like you know somebody who founded something. No, you're just the guy, <laughs> the oldest of the group. That's all it is. Yes, I am the oldest of the group, but by only 15, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also the most like supportive. Like they said, you're the most. Um, v- Organized, I guess. You, like you're, the, you're like the biggest cheerleader of this group of comedians in the Lowell comedy scene. So, yeah, they, they, but they are. I mean, like Joe and I always talk. There's a, there's another podcast. We we might do a whole sideshow on this other sideshow called TV Guidance Counselors that Joe's got me hooked into. That's great. And we decided we should spend more of our time on our podcast talking about podcasts we like more than our own <laughs> podcast. And those guys, they do. They have a fantastic podcast. But also, what's really fun is as they've developed as podcasters and as comics. You're, you're, you know, fly on the wall. It's you've been in the car rides to them with the show kind of vibe. Uh, but now they're at the point where they kind of painted themselves into a corner. And I don't know. I don't know if you have to change the name of the show. Right. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a limited series. I mean, open mic pain. You don't want to be open mic pain for 10 years. Like, there's you know, there's no there's no like upwardly mobile path right. for a, a podcast called open mic pain. You either um, advance or you kill yourself. Like what, one what, or the what, other. What's the other way to say that, Joe? Uh, you either... Go ahead. I'm going to let you do it. I don't know where you're going with this. You either... You, you, you the you, lead? You either... Uh, what? You either die as a hero. Oh, yes. Or you live long enough and to see. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. Okay, yes. I thought that's where you... But or is. if you're Bob Barker, yeah. oh! you, you live long enough to become an even bigger hero. You know, and, and, you know, past transgressions aside, you know, I mean, he lived to 99 Clean living. Clean living, yes. <laughs> I got to find that clip. I've looked. That I've... was a, that's a, that's a, a local CBS thing that they, that it was like an interview that he did right before, the, I think, the 25th anniversary, like 1997, 25th anniversary of The Price is Right. And I remember I was out in L.A., and I think we were, I was, you know, I had, I was like, you know, Rain Man, like, oh, I got to watch Barker, got to watch Barker. You know, they're going to have this special on, got to watch Barker. And uh, yeah, the local Los Angeles affiliate, uh, I don't know if it was uh, KCBS or whatever, they did an interview with Bob Barker and they asked him, Bob, what do you uh, credit your longevity in this business to, in, or even in life? And he just leans in and he looks in the mic, you know, looks in the camera and he goes, clean living <laughs> and if you know anything about bob barker's you know life i mean not so much he wasn't he wasn't like he was an overall nice very good guy but you know and he was a devoted husband his wife uh, dorothy joe passed in like 1981 and he'd never remarried but in Would the you? in the <laughs> 80s right you got out of shawshank you want to go back um um but 
in the 80s, yeah, like he, he had romantic relationships with some of the models. Maybe one, one model in particular on The Price is Right. That had a falling out in the early 90s. Uh, let me interrupt. I think... We all kind of had relationships with that. <laughs> but this was a two-way relationship. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Right. Oh, my God. Yes. And, you know, thank God Thank God for the Price is Right channel on Pluto TV oh. or whatever you, whatever free TV streaming of the Barker era of Price is Right. You can watch the, like, just the zenith of, you know, decadence, of a game show decadence. 1985, you know, those showcases, you pray for a hot tub. If you're a guy, you know, yep. you pray there, there's going to be some sort of a, a boat or something, some an excuse to any excuse to put on a, a swimsuit. Just any, any. This That's is 1145 a.m. on a, you know, a sweaty set, uh, Friday morning in the summer. You're, you know, you're a 12 year old, 13 year old me. You're awake. Wait, things are awakening. And you was there anything better on snow days than prices? Oh, right. Or oh being sick. sick. Oh, God, I prayed for Best, the, the yeah. mumps or something, anything. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Those were the greatest. Yeah. I didn't play outside in the snow. You know, Blizzard of '78 didn't. I mean, I was one, but you know, I'm sure. I'm sure if there was a Blizzard of '78 when I was 10 years old, I would not have been outside sledding. I would be inside trying to figure out the closest without going over the price of a refrigerator. <laughs> just, just yeah. An, an, another giant left us too soon. <laughs> yes. Both he and Betty White were. Uh, animal advocates, both he and Betty White, spayed and neutered, yeah, li- uh, lived to ninety nine, and apparently uh, he had some, um, <clears throat> I guess, falling out with Betty White over an elephant. Really? Yeah. So, long story short, there was an elephant at the Los Angeles Zoo, I believe, that Bob Barker wanted to move to a, an elephant sanctuary because those are more, I guess, humane. They're better living environments for anim- for elephants in particular. And this was kind of a celebrity elephant. And uh, Betty White was a proponent of zoos. And zoos do good things for animals. The, the best zoos do the good things for animals. There I, some- first-hand management's friend has been working at the Stone Zoo maybe, maybe 25, 30 years. And generally speaking, management is not for cages and animals. However, she knows how much this zoo particularly does to save animals. And it, it, it's almost like a sanctuary in a zoo kind of setting. So Yeah, right. So there are benefits to zoos, but they're not, for, I guess, for elephants, maybe this particular elephant. Anyways, I made the story too long. I apologize. But anyways, so uh, I think it went to like a hearing or something, and the zoo won, and uh, Bob Barker essentially made Betty White his sworn enemy. Um, and which is odd because like Betty White actually appeared on The Price is Right during the Golden Girls era, you oh. know. And uh, yeah, they showed a cl- they, uh, during the Price is Right tribute to Bob Barker on CBS this past week. They share they aired that clip of her playing the golf game, you know, that hole in one golf game where you have to putt to win a car, you know, from a certain distance. And you know, she shanked it, of course, because you know women golfers. <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, she missed, and she goes, "Oh, oh, I was supposed to get it in." Oh, okay. <laughs> you so, didn't tell me. So this is a call back to earlier. So when this all went down, our lawyer friend, John, got them together, and they had a big mediation. And neither side wanted to kind of put their cards on the table. And John's like, okay, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> Hi-oh. <laughs> so anyway, Hi-oh. Uh, that's a podcast. <laughs> I wish it was a podcast. And by the way, I'm a real 
dope for saying that women. I, you know what? I hear like there are certain like when as oh, that's I'm, a drop going forward. As I'm listening to other podcasts and they say things like in good fun that are misogynistic and quasi racial, yeah. like I know they're they're kidding, but my 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 first instinct is wow, you're a douchebag. Right. For saying that. And listening back to a lot of the things I say on this podcast, I know, wow, I'm a douchebag. And, and it's tough because as Joe was setting up this because I brought over all the gear so we could do it here. We're making jokes. That, and I said that I made a joke. I said a joke the other day as a club in a Gilbert voice. And I I do this Gilbert thing sometimes where I want to say a very Gilbertish thing. And Gilbert says these things. And then I honestly what I said to Joe is like I kind of think of a joke that. I want to tell anymore that I haven't told because I don't want to inflectively go to that easy card to play. Women do this. Guys do this. Oh, these people do this. Or this is that, you know, kind of kind of joke. And we talked about that with Darla last week on the sideshow about, yeah, whether you're making a joke about people pointing out stereotypes, you're still perpetuating that stereotype. Right. And it's, you know what? I don't know. It's. It's hard. Everything we do now is in mixed company, for the, except for this fucking podcast. Everything, only, only the closest of your friends listen to this podcast. I don't have anybody that I know listens to this podcast. I, I wonder, I, I, I look at the numbers. I wonder if I could put a, uh, you know, some kind of poll out there. And do you think, would you know how to put wise, up a poll? I, I no. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I can learn or, or hire somebody to get to do it for me. Um, Seriously, I wonder if the percentage of our listeners who are women are less than the percentage of women at Rush concerts. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't think you can get a scientific sample like of women and act to actually respond to that poll. You know, like uh, how do you how do you poll zero? Um, anyway, we're hoping Biff comes back. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it looks like we have a strong internet connection. I don't think it's on our end. But, yeah, Biff just dropped out about five minutes ago, which you could tell because uh, the podcast just got a lot shittier. Um, that instant shittiness feeling that you, that you heard, um, that was Biff leaving the podcast unexpectedly. So we're hoping... Unexpectedly, or did we see this coming? <laughs> I think we always knew it would happen. Uh, so so uh, what was I going to talk about? A little bit. Uh, Bob Barker. No. Bob Barker. So my little guy and I drive to Montreal. Two weekends ago, right, right after the last time. Now, when you say my little guy and I drive to Montreal. Oh, I'm I, a 13-year-old son. I, no, I know. But in my head, I'm thinking there's a 50-50 chance that both he and his little guy shared the driving responsibilities <laughs> in Montreal. That is uh, not an unfair statement. <laughs> <laughs> I do take my uh, 13-year-old. Uh, he, drives, to, he drives to the border and then you switch. <laughs> oh, dude, I, you know, yeah. I'm good. thank you for bringing up the border. So anyways. So we go across the Canadian border, first of all, and it took us a different route through Maine, uh, through New Hampshire, through Vermont. Duh. Dude, it's like driving through a postcard. I mean, it is it is it is hard to believe exactly how beautiful it is. I mean, it doesn't matter the season. It's a beautiful drive. And we went through this border crossing that I can only describe as quaint. It, it, it looked like something out of like the 50s. It was like a little boo. Was it like the opening to the New Heart show? Yes. It, dude, it looked it, – I honestly thought we were pulling into this little bed and breakfast thing, and it looked like you were going into a driveway, and then, nope, here's the checkpoint. You go through the same thing, and then for like 
40 minutes through like these little cornfield, like little back road. And I don't know why the map took us that way, but I'm very grateful it did. Highlight for the trip was McDonald's fries. Mm. McDonald's fries in the United States are not vegetarian. It's the only place in the world McDonald's fries are not vegetarian. So as soon as we go to the border, it's one of the first things that boys do. So my 13-year-old and I, over the past couple months, have been driving all over the place to go to football games. We saw the New England Revolution play, Chicago here locally at Gillette Stadium. Took him to New York to see Manchester U play Arsenal. We went to Vegas to see uh, Barcelona play uh, Milan, uh, AC. And the Revs were playing up in Montreal. So we're like, let's go, you know. And we never get tickets until we get there. It's the MLS. It doesn't sell out. Um, It's the MLS. It doesn't sell out. This is a stadium. This is one of the few teams that has a stadium that is just built for this sport. Yep. Um, And we get there plenty of time. waiting for the ticket office to open. Sold out. Wow. Wow. They're scalpers. Ah, those goddamn scalpers. And so, you know, so management suggests, oh, I use StubHub sometimes. I know you don't like that. Because the thing is, I don't mind whatever a ticket costs. That's what a ticket costs. Uh, if I spend $100 for a ticket, I want to sit in a $100 seat. I don't want to sit in a $100 seat for $200, you know. So I just hate paying those. If the fees were reasonable, I'd be okay. But very often, the fees are sometimes between 50 and 100 plus percent of the ticket. So, like I said, when we went to New York, uh, it was a $160 ticket to sit way, way, way up, plus $90 per ticket handling charge. So, in my head, I'm like, that's $250. I'll drive to the stadium and get $250 tickets. We were at the stadium when the box office opened. It worked out. It was perfect. Same thing in Vegas. So, I get these tickets on StubHub. And the line's are in the form, and my tickets don't come through. And it, they send you an email saying, you'll get the tickets at... Seven o'clock when the game's supposed to start. And yeah. like, that's asinine, you know? And it's like, I'm talking to management at the time. It was like, well, sometimes that happened. I'm like, would you stand outside for a Duran Duran concert that starts at seven <laughs> and be hearing the first three songs while you're waiting? The tickets, they don't come. They don't come. Now the game started. I'm on customer service. I'm on hold. I'm, I got through because I used Twitter again. I'm like, hey, StubHub, I'm at this game. Here's my confirmation number. Here's me and my kid. I took a video. They call. They're like, oh, we're so sorry. Whatever the tickets we have available, same price. Here's another link. I click the link. No tickets available. We, we're, we're shut out. It's like and literally go back to the box office. Is there one ticket? He's 13. He's been around the, the world. He's a pretty smart fucking kid. I would buy one ticket because management, when she goes to Duran Duran concerts or wherever, there's always a ticket available. Always. And I walked up to the box office. I would just send him in by himself. Another country, I would have no problem sending him in there by himself and waiting outside. Just throw an AirPod tracker in him and go. Whatever it's called. That's what the iPhone is, essentially. You know? He has... It's been quite some time since she's fallen for the wall and inspector gag. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, they didn't have one ticket. So now we're walking to the car and these three French motherfucking scalpers laughed at us. And they probably sounded like, oh, 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 oh. I did. I said, no chance you guys are. Oh, I tried to sell you tickets earlier. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. And it's like, oh, suddenly uh, I've become quite important. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, do you have any collateral? Um, 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 any not- stocks or bonds? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
nothing but a measly little life insurance policy for $500 equity. You're worth more dead than alive. You know what? Why don't you go to the riffraff you call you life so much? You know why? Because they run you out of town on a rail. You know what I'll do? I'll call StubHub and swear out a warrant for your arrest. Um... <laughs> Uh, that was this week's and self-indulgent there. Right. Might be next week's and the week after as well. Um, it would not be – look, I'm not playing on stereotypes here. There are three guys with chain smoking. Like they, they, legally, I think if you're scalping tickets in Montreal, you have to be. And so the little guy and I, luckily because of the app, because of the, the radio station that they that the New England Revolution play here, we got to listen to the game and the whole way to the border. We get to the border. The American border, the country I live in, the country my son lives in, the country we were both born in. I've never been harassed coming across the border, any border. Coming back into the country. Into the country. Literally the level of like shakedown. And and honestly, dude, (laughs) I – it's just ponderous how many times I've flown back. And again, stereotype from the Middle East. <laughs> you know what I mean? And nothing. And they're like, oh, where were you? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, how long were we here? Uh, about three, four hours. Why are we only here three, four hours? It's like, well, we tried to get tickets to the soccer game. We couldn't get them. Um, so we're driving home. Listen to the game now. And I turn up the radio. It's like New England Revolution versus Montreal FC. You drove all the way up here from Boston for this. Yeah, we do it all the time. And and he's wearing I think he I think I think he had his um Your son. Yeah, my son had his uh has had his PSG, the French team that Mbappe plays on, like Jersey. I'm like, we drive all over the country and fly to see these games. This is what we do. And then he's like, can you roll down the back window? I'm like, okay. There's lots of blankets. We road trip all the time. You know, we put down the seat. We sleep in there for a couple hours if I'm doing a long road trip. Why do I have so many blankets? I'm like, I get cold. And now we're at the point where Jacques always with their person on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're all, I'm always friendly and courteous. But then we get to the point where Fuck you. I'm not doing anything wrong. I live here. I'm like, yeah, I fucking get cold. And then the guard behind me, it's one in the morning. There's not a car coming or going in either direction the whole time we're sitting there. And I'm like, what are you giving me the third degree for? I like to go home. You want to check to make sure I'm not like, you know, smuggling people in? Go right ahead. Otherwise, I like to leave. You don't have to be this aggressive. I said, I think I do at this point. <laughs> you know, I think I do. Uh, we're having a bad day. This is really frustrating. I fucking live here. You have my passport. Unless you have a lawful reason to detain me any longer than you are, I'm putting my car in drive. Hand me my passport. And the guy looks at the other guy and he hands him a passport and we drive away. And Papa's like, oh, I'm the little guy's like, Papa, you're rude to people sometimes. I'm like, I am. <laughs> Was I rude when I pulled up? Was I rude the first five or six questions? Why was it easier to get into Canada, Squish, than it was to get home, you know? And you know what? It would have been a lot more, I guess, enjoyable to come back across the border if either one of the boarding, border crossing guards resembled Joe Flaherty. Is that too much? To right, ask? you know, just like, you know, a little stripes action going on, right? It wasn't but Joe nothing. Flaherty. Yes. Who was the other guy? It was a Dave Thomas. Dave no. Thomas. Right. Didn't he, I didn't get none of that. Neither Hoser. Dave Thomas nor Joe Flaherty. God damn it. So I, uh, so yeah, so that, that, that was, uh, that was, stuck. okay. We're not going to talk politics. We've got really away from that, but just a couple quick things. Have you heard again? So we, we're, we're all to speed on what a douchebag Clarence Thomas is. Yes. 
Now the new thing is Alito. So oh. it turns out he is just as bad, if not even worse. And there's a writer who did a big fluff piece article on, like literally fluff piece of fluff piece of fluff piece, like a little while ago on Alito, who now has a case in front of the Supreme Court. Guess who will not recuse himself? Mm. It's like, dude, it's, 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 if, look, we know we're getting screwed over by the man. <laughs> you know, at least have the decency to, to lube. You know, yeah. is that, would, would a reach around kill you? Right. Please. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and, and then, you know, so here's the thing when the Georgia case indictment came down and 19 co defendants, I was really bummed that Lindsey Graham wasn't one of them because. Lindsey Graham very publicly got on a plane two different times to go meet with the governor to try to help find those uh, uh, no, right, those votes. Uh, well, it turns out the grand jury came back suggesting he get indicted, uh, the ex-Senator uh, uh, Purdue, and uh, Laughlin, the woman who lost her seat uh, the last time around the runoff election yeah. uh, so the three of them the grand jury came back wanting to indict 30 32 people so when you hear there's 19 people in this rico charge wow that's crazy that's a lot of people yeah it could have been more it could have been and it, and it could have been a seating senator from another state why is the senator from north carolina getting on a plane from washington to go shake down the georgia governor you know right. Um, I mean, do you really want um, that state to have, you know, do you, like it was a North Carolina that Lindsey Graham was? Yep. Yeah. I mean, did North Carolina needs North two senators. South. Maybe it's South, South. Car- maybe South Carolina. Maybe, uh, maybe they need two senators. You know, it would be devastating to just have the one senator. It really would. Well, you know? it kind of would for certain vote things. But uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's awful. But, you know, it's not all. Uh, look, we're waiting for justice to happen. These crimes that in a hundred years from now, hopefully are looked back on as I can't believe those things happen and that many people supported it, but at least the wheels of justice are turning. However, slow the head of the proud boys, who's uh, not as white as I am, who doesn't have as white a name as the head of the white power movement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 22 years. Is it Enrique, Enrico, not Iglesias, not Suave. Yeah. No. <laughs> Rico, suave, man, Gerardo, man, whatever happened to you, man? Shout out to Gerardo. Uh, is he still with us? I think he is okay, in okay. spirit. All at right, least. Yeah, yeah. Spin, spinning records for Bob Barker right now. Uh, uh, but yeah, so at least the wheels uh, are, are, are turning. Okay. Um, Joe has lots of DeLorean paraphernalia and Back to the Future paraphernalia right around over him. your shoulder. Yeah. Um, let's pretend you have a DeLorean. Let's pretend a working DeLorean working with a flux capacitor with a flux. And I have the either Mr. Fusion or plutonium to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity to power the flux capacitor. What would happen if we got this thing up to 88 miles per hour? We would see some serious shit. Okay. Just, just turn around. Don't look. Just, just. Grab something off that shelf. Oh, right. Here we go. Right. We're we're flashing back to the past. I'm going to my old Nintendo Entertainment System shelf, and I'm going to do a random video game review. That's right, nerds. It's back, baby. Random video game review. I'm not looking, even though they're in alphabetical order, and I kind of know where everything is. All right. I just pulled a Nintendo tape off my shelf. And now, do I have to guess which game I took off the shelf based on the uh, based on the space? Hey. Let's see. 
It's between Monopoly and Muppet Adventure. I'm going to guess. Is it Muscle? Oh my God! When he, when <laughs> when we started the podcast and we would be at the Lucia, and I, I I would walk over to the shelf and I would take a game off the shelf and from the other side of the room he would have to base it on where the space and we're talking hundreds of games that that he pulls from and uh, no and, and, and his percentage of guessing the game was right. Okay, so this is tag team match muscle. Yeah, it's um. Now, I do have an unfair advantage now because the Nintendo shelf used to be in my basement, which I would frequent, you know, every so often because it's a basement. And um, it was kind of, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But now my Nintendo game shelf is literally to my right of my desk where I sit every day. Um, And uh, I I constantly look at it. And, you know, I'm also looking at it closer now to see which games I should sell because... (laughs) Game prices have gone up uh, in the past couple of years, and you know they're fetching a pretty penny depending on the title. And um, 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 you know, uh, everything's going up. You know, Hulu's going up, and Disney Plus is going up, and Paramount Plus is going up. And goddamn it, I got to get rid of some of these streaming services and just you know pirate off of things to my Plex account. But that said, back to the issue at hand. I pulled off tag team match wrestling muscle. Uh, tag yeah so muscle I forget it's muscle by the way it's m dot u dot s dot c dot l dot e it's an acronym I don't know what it stands for it's a trademark of Mattel and it's based off of a Toei you know Japanese anime kind of thing from the eighties it's like this little you know cute wrestling game it's not very good. It's, you know, I, I think pro wrestling, the original pro wrestling is probably a better game. There's a WrestleMania. Um, that's an okay game. But yeah, it's right on the bottom shelf if you're looking for the ultimate Nintendo guide to the NES library. So we're going to go full uh, random video game review. You're going to look up, I don't know if it's under M for muscle. It's probably under muscle. Uh, or it could be under tag team match. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to read an excerpt eventually from the Ultimate Nintendo well, first, Guidebook. First, first what, do you, what do you give it as a ranking? Well, I would give it two and a half stars. Okay. What book am I holding? You're holding Pat Contry's Ultimate Nintendo a Guide to the NES Library. And now we're going to see what Pat Contry, uh, you know, famed YouTuber uh, of retro gaming, gave it. And he gave it one and a half stars. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's not a very good game. Oh, no, this is Tag Team Wrestling. That's a different game. Oh. Sorry. That was a false alarm. We have to uh, skip down to, I think it's under, it could be under M for muscle. Jeez, this is a really bad setup I have. Oh, here it is. Yeah, it's because of the dot. It puts it way in the front. Um, yeah, uh, two stars. Oh, so okay, you had two, I, two and, and a half, half and he gave right, it two. Right. Okay, right. And I think Sinbad got two and three quarter stars. <laughs> but so he advances to the next round. So <laughs> Sinbad always wins. You know what? He's so good on Star Search. Uh, I'll, I'll read an excerpt. Uh, <clears throat> Get set for comical in-ring action in this tag team wrestling game based upon the toy line. Players select their two-man team from eight available wrestlers, and the game begins. Gameplay amounts to mostly a fighting game, 
with all players having the same ability to punch, jump kick, bounce off the ropes for a jump punch, and sneak behind the opponent for a backdrop suplex. Uh, There's minimum strategy involved based mostly on timing and spacing, and it's possible for both human and computer players to get in a cheap string of attacks in successions. So, yeah, Pat, this is a Pat Contry re- written review. Uh, two stars. Um, I'm kind of on par with uh, his assessment of the game. And, uh, yes, and, uh, and, oh, and now you're checking on eBay how much I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it fetches, like, eight bucks. What does it say? And, oh, 20 bucks used. Okay, it's a $20 game. I actually do have an app that keeps track of, like, all my in, uh, video games and their kind of going prices based on the condition. And, you know, yeah, right now my all of my video game library, if I were to sell it, you know, individually priced at the highest possible going rate is worth, like, $18,000. Like, literally everything. Um, so, but that's not happening. That's not happening. But I will be trickling out some of this stuff um, over the next year. I remember a couple of years ago, you were like, I might get rid of this or this. And you had the chance to sell something at the high end. And, and it's fine that you didn't. The mistake you made was what? Uh, oh, so I bought something. Yeah, I was like a, 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 an uh, obscure like anime adult PC game from the early 90s that I found at a Savers for like, 10 bucks and it was a complete in box with all the inserts and everything and i put it on ebay i put it up as an auction seven days and they i put it like at a modest price as a starting bid and then or, or best offer and i got i think within like 12 hours i got a, a pretty high offer of like four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars or something like that and i thought whoa if i'm getting this offer now Wait till I reject this offer and hold out for more money. Turns out, uh, I did sell it for like three hundred dollars, but to the same person who offered me five hundred earlier. What was the mistake you made? I think, oh, I told my wife about it. <laughs> I told my wife about my transgression. I said, "Hey, well, you know what's the the craziest thing is that I, this is perfect me. Like I sat on this offer till like." You know, they, usually the offer lasts like 24 hours or something like that. And it's on my app, and it's on my app, and I'm, it's in the morning. I'm eating breakfast, and my wife's, you know, come walking past me. And I'm like, you know what? I got this eBay offer for this game. It's like, I think it could go for more, but I'm getting a pretty good offer for like, you know, X amount of dollars. And she's like, oh, yeah, you should probably take it. And I go to take it, you know, because I'm listening to my wife, and I'm and being slapped into reality. Like, hey, stupid, you pay 10 bucks for this. You're being offered hundreds of dollars for it. What are you fucking waiting for? As I go to take it, I go and it's like offer, like the the offer went away. I'm like, I'm like, oh, all right, well, I just got to ride it out. And then, yeah, I sold it to the same guy who made that offer for less money because I'm a douche. And, and what did we learn? Never tell your wife anything. Thank you. Seriously. As soon as those words were coming out of your mouth, I'm like, Big rookie mistake. What are, what are we doing here? It's I like, know. I'm just the worst. You know, because those things happen. Oh, by know? the way, speaking of selling things on eBay and getting burned. So I sold this just this last week. I sold a Nintendo Power video game magazine from like the 90s that has inside of it. Sometimes they would put like little special posters or inserts or, you know, tie-ins to other video games. And this one particular magazine had an insert 
that had a Pokemon e card or something like that. Like some or I forget what it's called, but it's like an Eon ticket or something like that. I don't know, but it's like a special. It's like a rare ephemera of Pokemon, you know, history, whatever. And that jumped the price of the you know, typical like twenty dollar magazine to two hundred dollars. So I sold it for like I did sell it for like about a little under two hundred. I was hit with a, an extra fee. Like I was like, hmm, this is a lot lower than I kind of expected. I expected eBay to take some fees out, and it's like a slightly lower than I expected. I was like, what's going on? Turns out the I I sold I ta- I I stated I would not ship internationally, right? I don't want to deal with that. Fine. So the winner of the auction stated that their addresses or their home addresses, they're, they're from Brazil. Okay. Even though they bought it with a U.S. dollars and gave me a U.S. shipping address because they said that they were from Brazil, eBay imposed a $5 international selling, uh, international fee. It doesn't matter if you're selling, like, it, it doesn't matter if I'm actually physically taking in U.S. dollars and shipping it to U.S. address. If the, even if the seller says that they're from another country, <laughs> dude, you pay an international fee. And it's like, even if it's, it's five bucks, but, you know. It's, no, no, it's the nickel and dime yeah, things. And it, but of course, shit. like, you know, you read the rule books and it says an elephant, there's nothing in the rule books that says an elephant can't pitch. And there's something in the rule books that says, if they say that from another country, we're slapping a fucking international fee on it. So F you. Um, and, you know, thanks for the vig. So I think we covered video. No, we didn't cover enough video game stuff. Oh. You, have, you have more video games. So what was, uh, what was, so I went to Montreal yes. with my kid. Right. And the it was the same time. Yes. The same day you were headed. I was headed north. You were headed south. I was, I headed to my uh, yearly uh, pilgrimage to Mecca. I mean, Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> It was the Retro World Expo at the Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford. And uh, this time we had a guest. It was myself, my two sons, and uh, my younger son's friend, who is a retro game, like he's, you know, 17, and like a retro game, like, fanatic. Like, or in modern games, but like a lot of retro stuff. On the car ride there... I thought I was listening to a podcast about retro gaming, but no, it was my friend's, uh, my, my son's friend, pretty much commandeering the car and talking about everything. Like he, I don't know if he, uh, he, 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 he has the gift of, the same gift of gab that Jacques has about like video games and, you know, stuff like that. So I learned, you know, I learned a good, uh, you know, some trivia or some things about games that I know nothing about because it's a little past my age range, but Man, the passion that he spoke with on like everything from like Sonic the Hedgehog to you know uh, like this other this game called Xenoblade to like uh, Fire Emblem, which he doesn't get like you know like all these like games that are you know very Japanese oriented that they know something about, but he doesn't you know I don't know it's it, it was fascinating and he didn't stumble over his words he was very succinct like he could have had a podcast and you know not that I would wish that upon anybody it's not over what the day's not over oh I know I, I, years here yeah <laughs> give him a call no thank you I'm not putting a 17 year old on our podcast no um let's start his own get your kid up here hey <laughs> man I don't know how to do these things um but anyway so that was very interesting so th- and I was kind of helping him like find because he like I mentioned this game is Xenoblade. Xenoblade I guess had like it's this like 
lineage of games that started with like the PlayStation, the original PlayStation from the 90s. And then now is like on Nintendo stuff and Xbox. And they have like all sorts of cross-platform versions of this of the games in this lineage. And he wanted to like collect for like all of them because he was just even if even if it's shelf candy, even if he doesn't have the systems to play them on, he wants to have the original games. And he, th- this kid was forking over some dough, man. He was forking over some like hundreds of dollars for game, like a game. You know, he would spend like he would drop like one seventy five. Like, all right, let's go, let's do it. Did did he have? He had cash and a card. Did uh, did he have haggling abilities? Not. Not real, uh, okay, but like he was just like he kind of knew what he wanted, and, and but here's what the the chutzpah that I applaud this kid for that I never would have thought of, like he buys you know you buying a, a con from vendors and at a convention not a con like hey kid you want to buy a game um, wallet inspector right yeah no wallet inspector well they were probably wallet inspectors here anyways he but he bought a game for like two hundred something bucks it was like two seventy five. But I hadn't like I pointed it out to him because I saw it while he was like watching the wrestling match that was going on for two hours, and then I said, "Hey, I, I saw the, another Xenoblade game over here, but for two seventy five, and you know, just just letting you know that it's there, not in, not in any way saying you should buy this." He says, "Oh, awesome!" He buys it. Uh, Ten minutes later, we see the same game at another booth for one seventy seventy five. He goes back and returns it, gets his money back. For the uh, two seventy five game, and then buys the other, and, and the guy didn't say, "I'll give it to you one for seventy. No, or? like I don't know, yeah, right? Because it wasn't like one of those things. He just, but he got his money back, and I would never, I would have thought all sales final. No, screw you. Like that's the loser in me that, like, you know, yeah, I'm yes, I'm the victim of the wall inspector. <laughs> all the wall inspectors know my name. Um, that's because they have your license. Yes, exactly. <laughs> My social security number. Oh, my God. They have my wallet, yeah. So I'm good at haggling. As we talked about, my son, not so much. Uh, when I was in New York, it's like, yeah, I got 140 community because something happened. Papa, I have more money. Who's fucking signing you? Yeah, right. I'm good at haggling. I cannot bring it back. That's where management comes in. She has no qualms with that. Me? I also, once the sales final, like once the, once money's changed hands, she will like literally if it's food, she will get him money. Right? right. Oh my oh, god! That's speaking of like that. Yeah, if I buy something from the grocery store and it's like uh, it went bad the next day or something, she's like, "Take it back." You know, my wife like, "Take it back." I'm like, "No, like I can't take this." I back. tell her all the time. Okay. I throw it out. She, she yeah, exactly. Like, right. I'm like, I'm not. I don't want to. Did you think about that? Yes, absolutely. You 100. Right. You know, but no, but she she will. And it's funny because we've been in Trader Joe's, and she's like, Oh my god, these chips look cool. You sh- we should try them. I'm like, eh, It's like four bucks for a bag. And she's like, Oh no, no, just go over there. Tell me you want to try. Trader Joe's will open the bag, let you try, let you try a couple handfuls. Yeah, I want this. Nah, they're like, okay. And we thought, oh, my God, that's great that they do this. Now that we have a friend on the inside. Right. Uh, they just bring it out back. They just oh. put it on the snack table. Yeah. Like, like so, right. so they're like, sure, you don't like this? You probably don't like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but there's been so many times where I've tried things. I'm like, uh, wait right here. And I go get two more jars or another yeah. bag of it. So they're really, they're really good. We're waiting to see uh, Biff jump back on, but he's having trouble. He's reloading Zoom. Right. So in the meantime, I'll finish my escapade in, in Hartford, Connecticut with Retro World. So I took out 200 in cash just to have, because I, you know, I figure I want to have some money to buy games. I <coughs> held out buying anything, 
anything for I was there like from 10:30 in the morning until I closed the joint, like five o'clock. We were there all day long. And at around four o'clock, man, that money gets hot in your pocket. It don't burns at all. You don't want it to wear burn the hole right through. I know, right? It's your skin. Yeah, and I didn't have my wallet because I gave it to the inspector. <laughs> so I, you know, had this money and I'm like, you know what? I'm here. I I came here to at least get something because, like, as Jacques can attest, I'm at the zenith of my, you know, I think of my sane video game collection. You know, I've hit the saturation point. Like, I've filled every shelf that's in my available space in my rental right now. You know, I think I don't think this floor can take any more plastic and um, paper. So. I shouldn't buy anything else. But you know what? There's, here's a hole, a couple of holes in my game console, retro game console collection. And one of those game, one of those holes is the Sega Master System. What is the Sega Master System? Nobody asked. It's the <laughs> system that came out opposite the Nintendo Entertainment System. You know, Sega was known for their Genesis console. When you think Sega, you think if you're from the 90s or something, you're like, yeah, Genesis. I'm the, you know, I played, you know, Madden football and NHL, you know, hockey on that. That was fun. No, they had other systems uh, in the U.S. or at least another system earlier in like the late 80s called the Sega Master System. It was 8-bit. It was kind of like Nintendo, but it didn't have as good as sound quality and the games were a little eh. But they did have some good titles. And they even had a light gun and all that stuff, just like the, you know, they didn't have Duck Hunt. That was where they fell short. They did not have Duck Hunt. They only had, they have Gangster Town, which is a fun game, by the way. I'll get to that soon. So anyways, I see there's a, a Sega Master System for like 80 They're asking for $80. And $80, you know, for just the system alone with a controller and everything is a pretty good price considering that, like, you know, if you go on eBay, they're asking like 125 150 and I'm like a hemming and hawing. And as I'm about to pull the trigger, this is typical Joe. I've, I've never been so video game cucked in my entire life. I'm sitting there. I'm like looking at it. I'm about a step back from the table. And I'm looking at the, this thing that I've walked past three times that says $80. And it's literally sitting right there on the table. Another guy is like, he comes up. Another younger guy comes up. He looks at it. He, go, he leans over to the table. And he asks the vendor, would you take 60 for it? Um, yeah, yeah, I'll take 60. And I'm like, I just felt like the blood, like just drained from my head. Like you, like, you know, like when Porky Pig had turned into the sucker, you know, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. and like, that's what I felt like. So I was like, oh, God damn. Anyway. So I'm like, all right, let me buy this other Sega game. That uh, Another thing that I'm filling holes in, in besides my soul is anything that says Ghostbusters on it. And so I bought a Ghostbusters game for the Sega Master System, even though I didn't have a Sega Master System. I at least bought the game for 20 bucks. Weren't you just talking about a 17-year-old kid that you went down with <laughs> buying games for a system he doesn't have? Yes. Go on. Yes. Uh, you all right? I learned about watching you. Um, another, another side small cuck thing is that I bought a case. I, I bought a game for 20 bucks with no manual. And then literally like five minutes later, I saw another game for 25 with the manual. And I was like, God damn it. I probably could have talked that guy down to 20 and got the manual. But instead, I paid Why full. Why didn't you give the, the tape back to the kid and say, go get my right, money? Exactly. I should have given it back to him. To, cause I, right. Because I don't have the balls to go back to a guy and say, also, 
just fucking take the money, kid. Right? <laughs> it's like me and he's gonna meander. It's like fucking here's the money. Here's five extra bucks if you just shut the fuck up. Yes. So anyway, um, so okay, now I have this Sega Master System game with at least it has Ghostbusters, it has the Ghostbusters symbol on it, and I'm happy. But I'm like, you know what? I still have a hundred and something bucks on me. I did see another Sega Master System by another vendor, and it's getting about four thirty. They're gonna wrap up soon. You know what? I'm going to see if I can Christian them down to you know, a reasonable price. So I go over there, and nice guy, you know, I'm like, um, he's asking 125 for a Sega Master System and with just like that one controller and the plugs and all that stuff. And I'm like, what do you like, would you do, um, would you do 80 on this? And he goes, I don't know about 80. Um, and I was like, okay, well, for 100, would you do this with the light? gun and he goes uh, yeah i think i can maybe work something out it's like and this in a couple of games or can i do 125 with the light gun and a couple of light gun games and he goes yeah yeah we can work it out so you know he's te- and he actually has a little tv there that he can test it out he's testing out the sega master system the controller didn't quite work so luckily there was a second controller and we got that and we got it all squared away we got the price set up i got a couple of games so i got a nice little library you know and i'm like oh, great we settled on a price. We got to talking. I, I actually also bought a another Nintendo, old Nintendo book from the 80s that if I had checked eBay, I would have saw, I would have seen that I it, it goes for $10 less than what I paid for it in better condition, but that's beside the point. So anyways, I was, at the time, I was happy with my purchase. I was like, okay, I got a, a big bundle here for 170 you know. Yes, that money could have gone towards, if I just put it aside, I could have maybe bought a PS5 with some of that money. But that's beside the point. That's not the point of my story, <laughs> as Tony V would say. But that's not what I hear. Right. So, you know, and like our transaction wraps up. And then my son's friend actually wants to buy, like he sees another Xenoblade type game that he wants to buy from the same vendor. And they work something out where, like, he wants to do an exchange with, like, a game that he bought from another vendor that had, like, a broken case, yada, yada. And I'm standing there for, like, another, you know, 15 minutes or 10 minutes with this vendor to just kind of help my son's friend, you know, go through his transaction. And then, um, you know, and I'm packing my stuff, like, in my bag. Like, because he took out everything to test it, even threw in, like, an AV cable that it was didn't come with the system, but now is more compatible with modern TVs, whatever. So I put all the stuff in my bag, and I put all the cables, you know, and, and, and throw it in the bag. And then, you know, we, we it's 5 o'clock. It's time to go. You can't, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. It's time to leave. We all have a good day. My uh, my pants are lighter. And and not burn. And they're right, exactly. Right, they're cooler. And now we're headed home, and I'm driving. And, you know, like... The kids are, you know, they're, 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 they're kind of tuckered out, so I don't have the podcast going uh, in the back seat. So they're actually kind of quiet, you know, and I have my thoughts to myself. And, I'm, you know, I got the radio on low, and I'm like, I'm driving. You know when you think, you're just like, just assessing the day and the situation, and you, like, you may be second-guessing some things that you did that maybe you could have done better, and some actions that you thought you'd done that you actually didn't do, like... Did I pack the power adapter to the Sega Master System? Did I pack it? Because I, I kind of remember wrapping it up. I don't remember putting it in my bag. 
<coughs> excuse me. I'm getting choked up here. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> I don't remember putting it in my bag. But you know what? That's just you misremembering and being anxious. There's no way when you get home two hours later to unpack the system and all of its components that you paid $170 for that you would not have the adapter, which goes for $40 on eBay. <clears throat> um, there's no way you would have left that in Connecticut. You'd be surprised, my friend. You'd be surprised. I left the power adapter with the vendor. But at least you didn't dwell or obsess on it for the next. No, I did not invent three new swear words to myself in front of my kids and wife as I'm unpacking it, calling myself the biggest douche, dope, douche, did I mention douche, loser, you know, oh my God. Oh, it's nothing, nothing brings, um, uh, nothing fills a kid's heart more than to see their dad call himself a douche for leaving on a Sega power adapter and to, you know, stayed away. So just a big, big L. And so, yeah, I'm like, you know what? Let me just, let me just buy the $40 power adapter. I'm not even going to try to buy a knockoff. I'm actually going to shell, shell out for an original adapter so that when I resell this motherfucker, <laughs> it'll at least have original components with it. And so, yes, now, 20 minutes later, listener, I have a full Sega Master System hooked up to my loser TV that Jock almost killed himself getting up the stairs, and I played a light gun game. One of them is Gangster Town, which is a fun game. It's a, guy, it's a game where you're like a 30s gangster, and like... All these gangsters are trying to shoot you, but you have to shoot them first. Ooh. And you know what's funny is that you shoot, like, if you shoot the gangster, they turn into angels. And, like, <laughs> and, or, you know, and, and they, they're floating up. And then, like, as I'm, you know, completing the level, I shoot all the gangsters. But I'm still not getting the next, the appropriate score to advance. And I'm like, what the fuck am I missing? Turns out, you can shoot the angels. Oh. <laughs> you can take a man's soul. Yes. Oh, that's some so, evil it's shit. It's so great. Wow. How satisfying. Seriously. I'll, I'll show you that game the later. Japanese <laughs> are really evil motherfuckers. I, you know what? Um, you know, I'm sure that they've had... I mean, they're, they're, they're very spiritual people. Yeah. And stealing spirits. Yes. Oh, holy crap. So anyways, yeah, anyway... I'm sorry, listener. Jaco has a lot of editing to do on this podcast, but no, you know what? Nope, we're rolling this baby. You know what? That's a, so. That's my adventure this year. That's my video game uh, purchases of the year. I, I'm probably going to be. Uh, you know, I do want that PS5 for Spider-Man Two that's coming out this. Oh, year. Oh, you loved Spider-Man. That was. I don't remember a newer game that that brought you that much excitement. Maybe. A long time, or just a long. Well, like you the, the old, really the original the Spider Man. Yeah, the, the PS4. one that came out for the PS4. You were to, that was, was you great. Were all, you hundred percent at that. Uh, no, I, I, I think, I, think you no, did. I, I finished the game. I didn't hundred percent. Okay, all right. Because you loved it. Yeah, it's a great game, and you know, and, and there's a sequel, Miles Morales, that I haven't played. Was it the game of the year? <clears throat> oh, Spider Man Two. Yeah, oh, Spider Man one. one. Yeah, it might have been. Okay, eh, I don't remember. But yeah, probably. Because I mean, you were like, it's it's up there with Arkham as far as the, yes. the, this and that. I mean, the, the 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 version of New York City that you swing around and you you are Spider Man in this goddamn thing, and it's so great. So great. Anyway, and and Stan Lee, Stan yeah. Lee is in the game, so that's a, 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 icing on the cake. Um, but Spider Man Two, from what I've seen, looks spectacular. But again, it's like a five hundred dollar purchase, and I, I I don't know, I I you know I can't. I have an Xbox Series X, 
you know, I should be playing the new hotness called Starfield. It's like I have it. Like I, it's like it's on Game Pass. It's on the subscription game service that you have. You know, pay sixteen dollars a month for. Yeah, right. I should be playing that, but I am not. Instead, I'm playing Super Mario Brothers and shit like that from my childhood. It, it's it's funny. It's kind of like imagine if you had access to all these movies, but you kept watching the same old shut up, movies. Shut, shut up. Same old I, over and I, over. No, this, no, no. You know, it's, <laughs> it's my happy place. Uh, yeah, I've watched so much Batman lately. Uh, but I did watch a couple new shows. There's a show on Netflix called, and I'm well, interested if your management has seen this. 1899 takes no. place on a boat. Is like, that Harrison Ford? No, no, no. Oh, that's eighteen. It's, 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 that's that's he's in yeah, another 1800s movie. Uh, th- th- it's like 1899. Uh, it takes place on a boat going from. I remember that Namish Paradise. Weird Al wanted to party like it's eighteen ninety nine. Oh my god, that makes perfect sense now. Uh, oh, no, no, sorry, sixteen ninety nine. Sorry, I'm screwed up. Continue. Uh, but yes, it's uh, it's on Netflix, and there's a boat headed from anywhere Europe. It's an English owned boat. It's a German crew. And it was a German boat that was just bought like a year early and retrofitted by an English company. And there's all kinds of different people from all over Europe. Uh, different stories. It's fun. It's fine. But then it takes this really kind of lost kind of turn like halfway through. You know, it's only like eight episodes, I think. And then it takes another turn. It's like, right. uh, I think they're wrapping this here. Nope. Nope, this is just no. Okay, so these eight episodes were just to uh, get ready for season two, and and now you got to wonder: is there going to be a season two? Like the last writer strike, we lost so many shows that the wife and I really loved that just didn't like mid season replacement. Pushing Daisies was the one that will always really hurt our soul that we didn't get the rest of that uh, that series, great series, Pushing Daisies. Uh, season and a half. It was a mid-season replacement. Anyways, mm-hmm. so eighteen ninety nine was fine, but it, and then I'm like, eh. I also, and I think you had recommended it before, but I finally watched most of Vice Principals. Oh, yeah. I watched the first three episodes. Yeah. Then I watched the last one. I'm like, uh, eh, okay, I see where this is going. And then the last one ended, and I'm like, holy fuck. It's like you... It, you have no idea how they got there? It ends. No, no. Oh. It ends well because I, I haven't. I haven't hundred percent of the series. Myself. Oh, okay. Well, I, I thought it was a one-off. I thought it was a one-season thing, and then season one ends on like quite the cliffhanger uh, that you don't kind of see coming, right? Yeah, because at the beginning of episode eight, it kind of wraps up. It's all done, and it kind of meanders a little bit, and then it's like, oh no, motherfuckers, put your seatbelt on. We're just getting started. How did Vice Principals start, though? Do you remember how it started, like, and who it started with? Oh, it's, it, it, it's I can never remember the other guy. It, it's Danny McBride and and it's Walton Goggins, and there and um, there and because I just watched, we just watched Righteous Gemstones. Yes, brilliant, great, and so and that's the, a series that could possibly end now. It could, and I hope it does. I, I for some reason hope it, it does because does, it, it, it does have a like a that satisfying ending. It did, and so but they were great in it together. So they're vice principals, right? And they're vying for the principal spot. And, and the principal is retiring, and the opening scene is the principal for the last time raising the flag with the two of them there, and that principal would be none other. Than Bill Murray. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just that's that he's only in those two scenes that and then the um, 
the awards are where his wife is. Right. And she's like, oh, he's taking care of his wife who's like got cancer or something, right? She's dying and he's like full time, like, you know, feeding tube right. type. And of course, Danny McBride is Danny McBride. Like, he's like, you know, he's Kenny Powers. He's uh, Jesse, right? An the awful Stone. person. Yeah. Just an awful, you know, talking like, talking shit, you know, in front of like kids. Like, he's like, he's swearing up a storm in front of like teenagers. Right, they're lower. It's a high school, right? It's a high school. Yeah, yeah. just, just an awful yeah. person, just yeah. a nasty right. man who's just so small. But like the, it, it, it's fun. It yes. was fun, it's but fun but I was like, yeah. I'm but a- how great? How how great is Walton Goggins and pretty much anything? Dude, he's really good. Yeah, he's really. really he's not just Uncle really Baby great. Billy. Uncle Baby Bill is great. I love Uncle Baby Billy, and I love uh, Baby Billy's Bible, Bible markers. Bible markers, <laughs> man. The other thing is so. Um, oh, I have. Little sidebar, getting into something. I have collected this list over like the last 10 plus years where I find out the world is smaller and smaller every fucking day. Uh, I'll give you a couple quick examples on this list. 2015, I go to Jackson, Mississippi to produce a movie. And I have a PA. Really nice kid. Sweet kid. He got out of high school the year before, went to community college for a year, then you know tried his hand, wanted to move to LA, wanted to produce, act, and get into. He went out for six months, and it didn't work out, and came back. While out there, he wanted to try a bunch of different things, like acting. He took an improv class. Hmm. With? My cousin. Ah. Like, of all the people in the world. Cousin Jimmy Fowley. Yeah. He was a student of his. I'm like, oh, my cousin, blah, blah, blah. And when I said his name, he's just looking at me like... There's not a lot of movies shot in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, this is the only one I've ever done. Like, so the, the, what are the chances that we end up – and he's supposed to be with me for like six weeks doing this movie. Um, you know, So I get a text message from my niece about two weeks ago, about a week and a half ago on a Saturday night saying, uh, this is fucking weird. Um, a friend of mine said, hey, this bar is fun. Hanging out here for a couple hours. Bartender is really cool. All of a sudden, I hear the bartender playing something for somebody a few people away. He goes, hey, can I see that? And he goes, yeah, sure. And she looks at his phone and looks up at him and says, why are you playing Dan Cray songs? He goes, oh, I'm in a band with him. And there's a drummer, Jacques Lambert. And there's that look that you have. It's Sean. It's Sean Keneally yeah. is the bartender. How many bars are in Boston that my niece starts up and he, she hears a song tattoo and goes, can I see that? Wow. And then, so they, and they have been hanging out for a few hours, just hanging out. He's at a small bar, just really friendly guy. Dude, what are the fucking odds of that? So he ends up texting me saying, oh, you know, he texts all the time. He goes, oh, I keep meaning to text you. You have to watch his show Ragnarok. Um, Ragnarok is is a big Thor thing. The last Thor movie is all about it. And this is a Norwegian TV series, like an eight or ten episode. And I've seen it before. I'm like, eh, I don't know if it's my thing. Like, it's overdubbed, you know. But he's like, for months, he's been, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I watched it. And it was uh, it was fine because management, you know, was out of town last week, you know. Um, and so I watched it. Was fine to the last episode, and then I'm like, eh. And then I look at all the reviews, and it was one of those shows where it's like, how did you go from, hey, this is a good show, or this is a great show, to, eh, eh, right, eh, and and I don't care if I give it away. It's another one because no one listens. This going to watch it. It's another one of those. It was all a dream. Uh, all a dream. Yeah. 
the cop out of cop outs. So this kid thinks he's Thor. You know, the, he's lost his father, mom and mom and his brother and him have to move back to this town they grew up in. They left years ago, blah, blah, blah. And it, it turns out it's all a fucking dream. Oh, stupid. I not, a, I, not a dream, like, it, but it's all in his mind right. type thing. That, like the ending of St. Elsewhere? Oh, dude. It's like, <laughs> come on, dude. After Bob Newhart, just stop. After Newhart. Oh, yes. After Newhart. 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 New, New so we're, we're going to wrap it up, but uh, let's wrap it up. Like, you watching anything? Uh, I think I was telling you earlier, I, I, I finished this series, which just wrapped on HBO Max. I'm calling it HBO Max. I don't care. I'm calling it Twitter. I'm calling it HBO Max. I'm not giving into the man. I'm dead naming these things. Um, there's a show called How To with John Wilson. Yes, yes. It's a, a three, ser- three seasons. Just finished the series, series finale uh, like last week. Six episodes each season. It's produced, executive produced by Nathan Fielder, who did... Uh, Nathan for you and the rehearsal on HBO. Great series on them in and of themselves. But how to with John Wilson was kind of under my radar until just recently. It just kind of popped up on the suggested thing, and it's great. It's a great little series about a filmmaker out of New York, um, like a thirty-something-year-old guy, and he documents kind of slice of life of New York in different parts of America. And each episode is like how to uh, put up scaffolding, you know, which is like, and it starts off with, you know, hey, I notice there's a lot of like scaffolding in New York City. And it, I guess it stems from this event where a student in 1976 got hit in the head from a piece of a building and then they named the corner after the student and then they put in legislation to protect other people from getting hit with buildings. <laughs> so, but then I guess it, it then explains how the city bastardized that law and exploited it to basically say, well, now you're, instead of just making it a temporary thing, we can make this sort of like a permanent thing. And now there's like scaffolding is big business and it, it's it's endemic in New York City. It's a scam. It's a scam. 90% scam. Right, but it's also not going to probably stay inside New York City. It could extend to other cities. And, it, and it's horrible looking. It's awful. It's it like literally it's like how can we make these even brand new buildings look like they're permanently under right, construction. Right, where the, the 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 cure is worse than the right. the disease. Um but then there's like other but then there are other like more insightful episodes about like just human humanity um and just like yeah just living just just life in general but it starts off as like how to track your package but it, it ends up talking about like you know cryogenics you know and that's the final episode spoilers but it's it's such a fantastic little and they're all 30 minute episodes and they're all just so well done. They're awkwardly narrated. Like he actually like leaves in like or inserts like throat clearing and you know like and when he's narrating, he'll a lot of the footage is candid shots of New York City, like that of people doing things that they didn't realize maybe they weren't didn't realize they were being filmed. You know, um, and it's it's all very done very well. And it's, it's only 18 episodes. If you have Max, give it a shot. How to with John Wilson. Um, there's even an episode where he attends his own like Emmy party. Oh. Uh, and he like he gets. That's beautiful. And, and he like he's invited to the Emmys. But then like he's not on the Emmy after party list on HBO's 
after party list like he's not like he, and he shows like he's documenting everything like he has a hidden camera on like on himself at all times and it's like yeah i don't the, you know the, the bouncer or the, the the woman at the with the clipboard is like yeah i'm sorry i don't see your name on the list oh, and he goes oh. keepers yeah he's talking. like oh oh okay uh can i can i come in anyway and it's like no sorry Oh, yeah. that's so cool. And he's all by himself. Like, he doesn't have a guest. He's no, no, doesn't have one. a big, yeah. You know? He's got nothing. Um, anyway, it, it, it's, a, it's a... It's worth the it, luck. It's a fun series, and it, it's insightful, like, it, you know, and it's reflective. Well, and it's also not... You have to watch it in order. Right. It's, it's not a story. Yeah, I mean, it helps to watch in order, because he does do callbacks later on, but it's like, it's... Uh, and it does, like, there's an episode that where it, it hits, like, it ends right when the pandemic starts. Oh. You know, so it's 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 a nice it's little time, time capsule. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough podcasting. Uh, parenting tip. Um, parenting tip I would say is make make sure that you don't set a bad example for your kids at all times. Just, you know, lead by example. Um, case in point, um, throughout the entire uh, Retro World Expo. I withheld from buying and splurging, and I think my kids picked up on that. But then they also saw that I had the itch to spend. And so not only did I cave and buy a bunch of shit, uh, my older son also spent $70 on a large uh, Pokemon plush. Because um, dude, of that's course like two he did. hours of editing for me right there, <laughs> and it's and, and his bedroom is right behind you. The door is open. You can see it's not it's not a large room. No, it's a it's a modest sized bedroom, um, and you know he's an of an older age. He's, you know he's he's he's, he's finding his way. Joe. He's finding, he's his, finding way. his way. Right, yeah, but you know what? I I, th- I think he learned it from watching me. You know <laughs> that that he had to spend that money that he didn't have to. Like it's kind of like. You know, I don't know. It's um, yeah. So I would say lead by example. Um, here's my parenting tip. You're the parent. You've been around. You know what the fuck you're talking you about. You bought your tickets. I'd say let them crash. So when management first got pregnant, I did not push sports. I've talked about this earlier with Biff that he was surprised I'm letting my oldest kid play football. I've always said he could play football. I you know we didn't know he'd have these medical things and not be into sports, but. You know, I think eight-year-olds, ten-year-olds, twelve-year-olds playing tackle football is ridiculous. It is stupid. Even hockey, to a certain, you know, the travel hockey and uh, you know, dude, play no-check hockey until you're like twelve, fourteen. You don't need those concussions. It's like you you, you don't need to be the way I am now. It, you know, we, we, you you want better for a your successful kids. podcaster. So I, uh, so we, we didn't push sports on him, but. You have to have something. And long story short, I'm five, Sarah, my wife, like my Hyundai Santa Fe made in Korea. So I knew my boys weren't going to be big. Anyways, so the martial arts turned my life around when I was 12 or 13. And it made me such – hockey was my whole world. An event happened. I was thrust into the martial arts world. It changed everything. I went from being the worst player on the worst team to okay at this game. And it, it all stemmed from there. And I had said that. It's like – and then when it turned out he had some physical challenges, he could still do this. And we never pushed competitive. Like, you got to go to tournaments. You got to get this belt. It was just something we did a couple times a week his whole life. And I had always said, 
it's the building blocks, much like when they start at piano. And again, with your oldest son, when he was their piano teacher, it was when we sat down and we started talking about the lessons, it was more important for me that they were able to read music and have a broad understanding, not like get ready to go to Berkeley, not be these professional musicians and prodigies, but just have a nice base to pull from. I didn't want them to learn songs. I wasn't looking for them to... We got three months before my mom's Christmas party. Let's get four songs out of them. It's like, no, let's learn one song, read music. And I've never pushed that. So with jiu-jitsu, it was the same thing. That with his physical challenges, he could do this. He's always creepy strong. He could excel at it as he want. Or what we always did, just kind of this was just part of our life. No tournaments, no belts, but he's done it his whole life. But I've always said, and the little guy has learned this over the last year getting to, you know, European football, it's such a building block. If you understand your body and leverage, and again, my little guy's only five feet tall. He's 13. He's playing, you know, there's a lot of 13 year old kids who are six feet tall, you know, five, eight, five, nine, 10, 100 pounds. But because he understands leverage and stuff like you can't push him off the ball, you know, like, like you would think you could. So now that the oldest one is playing football, and he even talked to the coach, and the coach first practice puts him on the line. And it's all about throws. It's all about either moving somebody one foot this way or one foot that way or not being moved one <laughs> foot this way. Depends of what side of the line you're on, offense or defense. And so he's, he, he has basically come to the realization that all the years he's like, this is stupid. Why do I have to do it? I'm like, you find another sport that, that gets you out of the house a couple days a week to be physical, to be active, just so you're not here to have a – a healthy, balanced life, we'll do whatever you want. But until you find something that you want to do, this is, and before the pandemic, he ended up getting into water polo for a couple of seasons and we stopped doing jujitsu. And then when that ended, we went back to jujitsu. And then when the pandemic, Muay Thai boxing. So, so he has this hand fighting ability between boxing and Muay Thai. And now this, and so he's surprising himself that it's like, Oh fuck. The old fuck did know what he was talking about, <laughs> that this is a balancing thing. So he's not a big kid, my oldest one. He's 5'8", 180, mostly shoulders. But he's on the line against bigger kids who cannot move him or he can move them. And again, it's not about like lighting somebody up at the line. Can can the guard move, you know what I mean, a defender just one foot left or right so that the running back can go through there. That's the whole thing. Can you hold this guy up? One Mississippi, two Mississippi. So the quarterback has that extra second or half second to throw the ball. That's what being a line guy is, yep. you know? And, and so he's realizing it's like, he was nervous. How will I be able to do this? And like I said, the first practice, when I take a video and they have him guard and they have him doing plays and sweeps and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he was. So, I mean, you know what the fuck you're talking about. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know. Mr. Miyagi, I don't understand what waxing this car has to do with karate. Right, right. Except I had him, you know, painting this fence for 15 years before it came into use. But but no, I mean, so that would be my parenting tip. You know better. So, you know, stay to your convictions. Yep. Well, you know, but I never said, I never said, do this because I said so. Or do, I always gave him, like, legit reasons. And... I've always left the door open. Talk me out of it. You know, wh why? You know, and if your argument is, I don't want to do it. I want to sit here and play video games. That's not happening. You can play. It's a life balance thing. Look at Joe. Look at him. 
No. And then, <laughs> then they look at you and then they come over here and they're like, I want to be like this. And I'm like, no, <laughs> this is not a sustainable lifestyle. <laughs> yes, but look at all this stuff in the this room of happiness. Um, you know, uh, but 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 seriously. <laughs> it, dimly lit room of happiness. It, it's what dude, it, this is heaven. Like, uh, like, 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 it's literally, not, it's fine. This, At least I'm surrounded with my games now. Then, um, he then died did, doing what he loved, right? Yes, <laughs> crying as he left from a bridge. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, there you go. Anyway, so, uh, we'll, we'll pour one out for uh, Biff's internet connection. Um, that's a sad, sad day. The te- again, the tech guy, right? The guy whose job is IT. Well, yeah, it, there was something about it had to reinstall, or I don't know, some nerd shit. I don't understand. Um, I blame, um, I, I, I think I blame myself, really. I blame myself for trusting Biff's internet connection and um, the, um, this, the, the, the whole system in general. I don't know what I'm talking about. So, anyways, I'm glad that Jacques was able to carve out some time from his busy podcasting schedule and his busy guesting on other podcasts schedule and his busy parenting schedule and his <clears throat> busy uh, comedy schedule. I mean, he's a busy man. Um, and he, to, to, to have a friend like Jacques is to be blessed really in this world. Honestly, this is a, a it, it, it's so infrequent that my wife goes out of town for a couple of days and um, she'll allow me to have other people over. Um, I di- and unfortunately, I, d- I didn't follow your rules. I did tell her that you were coming over. She was fine with it, though. I, I, re- it was- I took a risk. She was fine. So um, we're good. Um, you know, I'll open some windows so we can, you know, <laughs> air it out. Um, understandably, you know, it's, a- it's fine. Everything's fine. H- how are you? Uh- <laughs> but yeah, what, a- what a fun podcast. Um, what are we clocking in at? Let's, uh, let's see the old clock on the wall. What does it say? An hour and 41 minutes. Yeah, you know, maybe you, when you get this, it'll be like an hour and 45 because Jacques will add stuff to it. But, um, man, you know what? I say it's time well spent with friends. Um, you, you're, you're, with, you're in good hands here at Carnival Personnel Podcast. Thank you for listening. Why do you listen? I don't even You know what? Don't answer because I can't hear you. Um, talking to the radio is a sign of... Um, they say a sign of intelligence, you know, like you can, you're, 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 you're engaging and no, 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 don't, don't talk to the TV. I mean, even if you're honestly, unless you're watching like a game show, then you, you can talk to the TV. You can say higher, lower, what are you doing? You know, take the deal. Uh, no, there's, of course, there's no S, you know, like that sort of thing. You know, France, what is France? Are you kidding me? You know, like that, these are things you can yell at a TV um, but don't yell at a podcast. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Just don't. You know, and you know what? If you try to reach us on social media, you can't. You cannot. Sorry, this is the least engaging podcast ever. You, you're just not gonna. Jacques's getting up to stretch. He took his headphones off. He's not. He's. You're not gonna hear from him again. He's gone. He's already in the car. He's left me like his dad left him so many years ago. Why did I bring that up? Why do I hurt him so? I, why do I push away those that love me the most? I don't know. I don't know these answers. And why do I keep doing this podcast? I'm terrible at these things. I am god awful. I am no virtuoso at podcasting like Jacques Lambert. I mean, really. I mean, you want to talk about a master of ceremonies, big and small, short and tall. 
Um, we, we're talking Jacques Lambert. Um, not carnival personnel. I mean, of course, yes, Biff's nice. I'm nice. Fine. But Jacques Lambert, my cream of the crop. Um, you know what? Uh, and Jacques's going to have a fun time editing this, you know. I don't know what song he's going to play over me talking right now. I don't know if I'm still talking. I could have already stopped talking. You're probably hearing Dan Cray right now. You're probably hearing Dan Cray's voice over my voice. Usually he tries to time this out so that Dan's voice starts when I my voice ends. But nah, I don't know. I don't know this time. I think there's going to be some overlap here. You should, oh, do this. <laughs> fade, fade me out as Dan starts singing. She said so.
and then like fade me back in like later <laughs> and then like i'll end i'll end the um beyond it song or the dan cray song with don't forget <laughs>